Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Hey, if you got your Bibles, let's look over at Philippians 3. I got two challenges for you today. First of all, my voice is still recovering from camp. That's been two weeks ago. And um, so, Brother Josh, I'm going to need a little more volume just so I don't have to hurt my voice. But who knows what's going to happen today because I can't help but be quiet. I mean, I'm not going to just whisper the whole time. So, um, that's the first thing. But since I can't go at full volume, I'm going to need you to respond at full volume. Okay? Deal? Is that the deal? I need more volume on my mic, and I need you to respond more. So we're going to do this. Um, today, we're going to continue talking about faith. And this morning, actually, I want to share with you the message I shared at camp to the whole congregation this morning. We're going to talk about faith this morning. And this morning, I want to talk about faith moves forward. Faith moves forward. So let's look at Philippians 3, verse 12. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection which Christ first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is Faith Moves Forward. Now, I shared this at camp. If you know anything about summer camp The theme this year was Forward 2021, and I preached a message about faith because we've been talking about faith at church every week for the past few months. And so I want to talk today about faith moves forward. Now, when I first heard the word for summer camp 2021, as soon as I heard the word forward, I thought that is a faith word. If If any word would describe the word faith, the word forward would describe faith. Faith is a forward word. Faith and forward go together. And we know that faith is so important. Why is faith so important? We realize that faith pleases God. We realize we receive from God by our faith. We realize that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. But we realize that If we're going to have faith, faith, real faith, moves forward. This morning I want to tell you that faith only moves in one direction, and that is forward. Faith doesn't move back. It only moves forward. Now let's read another verse, Hebrews 10 and verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. Notice that the just shall live by faith should be your lifestyle. Some shouldn't be something that only happens on a Sunday. Notice your life should be a life of faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Next verse. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. But notice it says we are not of those who draw back. 
The just shall live by faith. That's who we are. Faith people. Faith goes forward. But notice it says we are not like those who draw back. Why? Because faith only goes in one direction. Faith only goes forward, never back. If you're looking back or going back or stepping back from your Christian walk, you're not walking in faith anymore. Because faith only moves in one direction. It moves forward. But notice it says that the just shall live by faith. And if anyone draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. And it says in verse 39, let's bring this up, Hebrews 10, 39. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition. The word perdition means destruction. But of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Notice we are not those who draw back. Why? Because we're faith people. We're not those who draw back. We're of those who press forward. But if we look back, notice what happens. We will end in destruction. Faith moves forward, but fear draws back. Now, when you're driving a car, there's a reason that you have a very large windshield in front of you and a very small rear view mirror. Because when you're driving a car, cars are meant to drive forward, right? Now, you have a reverse only to just get you into those tight spots, you know, parallel park that you never use ever in your life, but you got to do it for the driver's test. But you use your vehicle to go forward. That's why there is a large windshield that you can see through, but there's a tiny rear view mirror. But notice what happens when you drive your car, just a little one on one on one of driving your vehicle. You cannot drive forward staring at the tiny rear view mirror looking back You cannot go forward. You can't. That's the reason they gave you a big windshield to get it and a small rear view mirror for you to look back. So you can't move forward looking back. Faith only moves in one direction and it's forward. Now notice what happens if you look in the rear view mirror trying to drive forward It ends in destruction, right? (laughs) You're going to hit other cars. You're going to hit people. You're going to hit the sidewalk. You're going to hit all sorts of stuff because you're not looking forward. You're looking back. And that's what this verse says, that the just shall live by faith, and they will have no pleasure in those who look back because you cannot move forward looking back. Or if you do, it ends in destruction. Like it says in Hebrews 10, 39. Let's look at this verse, uh, Jeremiah 7, verse 23. God speaking to his people, he says, But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all my ways I've commanded you, that it may be well with you. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but followed the counsels and dictates of their evil hearts, and went backward And not forward. God pleading with his people, why did you go back? You got to move forward. Because faith moves forward. You realize in your life, faith has no reverse. Faith has no rear view mirrors. Faith only 
moves forward. There's a reason I'm saying that today because we're going to read in a second out of Philippians 3, which was the key verse for camp about moving forward. It's interesting that there's actually a preacher, a faith preacher. Uh, he's passed on now, but he would not even put his car in reverse because he was this, that strong about this, about moving forward. He would rather go around the block and take another pass at it than put his car in reverse because he said faith only moves forward. You say, well, that, that's kind of funny. That's kind of dumb for him to do that. No, he had that in his mentality so much. He was like, I'm not going to go back no matter what. Even in my vehicle, I will not put it in reverse because faith only moves forward. Because let me tell you something. If you don't have your mind made up that you're only going forward, you're going to be putting your car in reverse before you know it because of circumstances of life. Because of challenges, because of friendships, because of your body, because of your mind. I got to calm down, right? I got to say my voice. We've got a long way to go here, people. But before you know it, if you don't have the mentality, I'm moving forward and only forward the rest of my life, no matter what happens, you will put it in reverse before you know it. And what does that verse say? If we look back, if we draw back, it will end in destruction. Because there's nothing back there for you anyways. So let's read this verse again in Philippians 3. And let's start in verse 13 if we could. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and f- looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So the rest of my message, we're going to talk about these things, about moving forward, and I want, to, I want you to understand this. Paul is using the context of a race. He's using the context of a race because already they had the Greek and Roman games. They had the Olympics at this time. And at this time in history, they were very familiar with foot races. And he's talking about you running your race for God and running towards a prize. Now, what's the prize? The prize is fulfilling the will of God for your life. Not for my life. Not for somebody else's life, but for your life. And for all of us in here, we all have a different race. We all have a different grace. Come on, where's my organ when I need it? We all have different callings, different giftings, different plans, but we're all looking to reach the prize at the end of our life. And God say, well done, good and faithful servant. You did everything I've called you to do. Now it's time for you to come into heaven and receive the prize that you were called to. But that's not just for me. That's for everybody in here. You all have your own race, and we're all looking after that call. And Paul says, I have not reached that place yet, but I'm focused on it, and I'm not looking back, and I'm only going forward because that's the only way I'm going to reach the end of my life and fulfill everything that God has called me to do. All of you have that same call on your life And it has to be your number one focus to fulfill what God has called you to do. Stop looking at preachers like me and act like I'm the only one who's really called here. 
I'm not. Most of you will never do this, and you don't need to do this because you're not called to do this. You're called to be out there in the world doing things that I can't do, reaching people I can't reach, having grace and gifts and callings that are not mine, reaching your calling, doing your call, and it's different from mine. And you're no less called than me. And if we keep coming to church thinking that the preachers are called, we will miss what God has called us to do. If the only people called are people that get behind a pulpit, then there's a lot of people not doing anything with what God called them to do. Do you realize the reason you come to church? The Bible says you come to church so that I can equip you. It's not about me. I'm here to equip all of you to do what you're called to do outside of here. You come to church so I can encourage you on what you're called to do outside of here. You come to get built up and strengthened so you can go fulfill your calling outside of here. And get the prize that God has called you to do. You don't come here to look at me and say, I'm called. That's not why you come here. And if that's why you're coming here, that's the wrong reason. You come here so I can equip you to do the work of the ministry, the Bible says. But we all have a prize. We all have a call. But how are we going to reach the call? Faith. Because faith moves forward. Now, Let's bring up Philippians 3 and verse 13. Notice what he says, how he goes after this prize. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, we're still talking about faith moves forward this morning. But if we're going to fulfill our call and move forward in faith, the number one thing I want to tell you is you're going to have to be focused. Notice he says, I focus on one thing. Everybody raise your hand. One. One thing. I focus on one thing. If we're going to move forward in faith, you're going to have to focus. If you're going to reach your calling, you're going to have to focus. Paul says, I focus on one thing. There's a reason that lasers are so powerful. You know why? Because all the atoms and protons in the laser are all focused in the same direction, and that direction is forward. Notice, not directed all sorts of different rays, or not directed backwards, all the atoms and protons are perfectly aligned in order, and they're all focused forward. And because they're focused, they can move forward with such power and such strength that they can do about anything with a laser. There's a reason they use the term laser focused, when you're very focused. And Paul said... If I'm going to move forward in faith, i got to focus. Now let's talk about this because some of you can't even focus on this message because you live so distracted. 
Stay with me here. There's a reason our attention spans have went from here to here. Because we live in the age of distraction. I'm not talking about your kids. I'm talking about you. Your kids are distracted enough, but you're just like them. You have the same twitch with your phone. You got to scroll. You got to scroll. You have the same Netflix addiction that they do. You have the same distraction issues that they do. And notice what happens here. If we don't focus, the enemy knows he cannot defeat you, but he will distract you. Because if he can distract you from doing what God has called you to do, he's got you. Because you're not focused, and you if you're not focused, you cannot move forward. So he'll keep you distracted in lesser things, in non-eternal things, non-significant things, to keep you so distracted, you will never be focused enough to move forward in what God has for you. Am I saying something in the house of God today? So the enemy... He's a master of distraction. We live in the age of distraction. You know, you realize with all of us in here, we think that more choices is a good thing, but it's not. More choices equals more distractions. Like y'all remember back in the day, if you wanted to watch a video, you would have to go to Blockbuster right? Or go to Walmart and buy a VHS, a single VHS, and watch it and then have to rewind it and take it back. Today, if you want to watch a movie, you have tens of thousands of movies at your fingertips anytime you want to. More choices is not helping us, it's hurting us. More choices equals more distractions. Y'all remember back in the day, if you wanted to listen to some music, you had to go buy a CD or a cassette tape and put it in there, and that was all the music you had, right? So you were rocking it. If it was ZZ Top, that's all you had to rock. If it was Run DMC, you got to know every lyric of Run DMC because that's only the thing you had. You had one cassette tape or one CD. Now, with Apple Music, you have 60 million songs at your fingertips for $9.95 a month. Man, cassette tapes used to cost 15 And we think that's a good thing, but actually more choices means more distractions. So now you feel like you're missing out if you haven't heard the top 20 albums just this month. And I'm thinking, I can't even find time to listen to two songs. And I feel like I'm being left out because I can't listen to the 20 albums I need to listen to on Apple Music. And we think that's cool. And it actually is a great blessing, but it's also a great hindrance to us. More choices or more distractions. And we all live here today. If the enemy can't defeat you, he will distract you. He's a master at it. Why? Because he knows if you ever get focused, you will go forward. 
So he gives us choices. Choices with our clothes, choices with our music, choices with our movies, choices about everything in life. We have so many choices and so many things. That means we have so many more distractions. And then what I see is a lot of unfocused believers who aren't accomplishing anything because they're so distracted. That's what Paul said. I focus on one thing. Because if you get focused, you will move forward. Now, we live in Kentucky. Well, we live in the Kentucky area. Not Kentucky, thank God. Daryl. <laughs> we don't live in Kentucky, thank the Lord. I meant Kentuckiana. But I'll give a little bit of a shout-out to Louisville, Kentucky every once in a while. Because, you know, when people ask you where you're from, you say New Albany. They're like, New Albany? Y'all live in upstate New York? <laughs> New Albany, Indiana, where's that? Louisville, Kentucky. We live in Louisville, Kentucky, okay? So I will give a shout-out to Louisville, Kentucky. Not Kentucky basketball, but Louisville, Kentucky. The city. Because I'm a Hoosier. This is Hoosier Nation around here. That's right. Crimson and cream. Come on now. That's what we bleed around here. Is Hoosier Nation. So anyways, let's get back on track. There's something that happens every year in Louisville that's a really big deal in the sports world. It's super big. It's one of the biggest events in sports. It's called the Kentucky Derby. You guys remember that? We live here. It's called the Kentucky Derby. And there's something that happens because it's a race, right? It's a race. It's a horse race. And what do they do when they train the horses to run in the race? Because we're talking about, Paul said, you got to run this race. you got to finish your course. you got to keep your eyes on the prize of the calling of God. And you got to focus if you're going to get there. So what do they do with the race horses? They put blinders on the racehorses when they're running so they don't get distracted. Because they know if that horse looks to the right or to the left, they're not going to run the race. If the horse looks up in the stands, they're not going to run the race. So they put blinders on those racehorses so they're not distracted. If a horse needs it, you need it. If we're going to run our race for God, we need to put some spiritual blinders on the sides of our eyes, not looking to the right or to the left, but we got to focus on what God has called us to do if we're going to move forward. And you got to make up your mind, I'm going to be focused. I'm not going to be concerned about everybody else. I'm going to be focused on what God has called me to do. Put some spiritual blinders up there so you win your race. The horse world knows this. But even in the Olympic games and races, those athletes, when they're running in their lane, there's eight other people right next to them running really fast. And they tell runners, don't look at your opponent when you're running. Don't look back. Because the moment you stop focusing. It's the moment you slow down and someone beats you and wins the race. The moment you get distracted and you look back, 
is the moment you lose your ground. So they tell those runners, when they're running on their lane, there could be two people right next to them. They will never go like this. Because that one second could be the difference between winning and losing. And it's the same way for us spiritually, church family. We don't need to look to the right or to the left. We don't need to look back. We need to be focused. And if we're focused, we will go forward for the call of God. For that prize that he has called us to finish and complete. That is what we're called to do. And so that's why when we're running this race for God, we don't need to be in a competition with other people. We don't need to look what they're doing and what they're doing. We need to look at what God has called us to do. Why? Because if we look around, we're not going to move forward. You got to stay in your lane and you got to stay focused. And if you do that, you'll win. We can't compare ourselves to other people's race. This race is not against each other. I'm not racing you and you're not racing me. I'm racing myself on what God has called me to do. To finish finish what God has called me to do. And you need to think the same way about yourself. You need to focus on your race so you can move forward. Dr. Lester Summerall said a focused person is a misunderstood person. The more focused you are about fulfilling God's plan for your life, other people will misunderstand you. Other people will not get it. There will be persecution that comes with that. That's okay. A focused person is a misunderstood person. But don't apologize for being focused because you want a different life. You want different results. You want to fulfill what God has called you to do. So there's certain things you're going to have to turn down if you're going to be focused. You want to go to eat? Nope. I love you. I'm just focused. You want to come to this party? Nope. I'm just focused. Well, we have this job opportunity over here. It's going to take me away from my church? Nope. I'm focused. Oh, I got a scholarship to go to a college that's a thousand miles away from my church so I can live a crazy life and lose what I learned for 18 years? I said I was going to preach, whether you want me to preach or not. No, sorry, I can't do that. I'm just more into being focused than a scholarship. I'm lonely and I'm desperate for attention, so I'm going to jump into a relationship that's not right. It's hurting my spiritual life. It's taking me out of church. No, thanks. I'm just focused. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just focused. And the calling on my life is more important than that. Come on, you got quiet in this Methodist church. If we want to fulfill what God has called us to do, which is the best thing we can do for our life, we're going to have to live a focused life. Because Paul said, I focus on one thing, and you will never move forward in your life until you get focused. 
you know, in my life right now, and it's been this way for many, many years, but especially more the past several years even than ever before, people could say that I'm boring. I don't like to do a lot of the stuff I used to do. Why aren't you at all the parties? Why aren't you hanging out with everybody? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? It's no offense to anyone else because I'm focused. And I love people, but I'm not apologizing for it. You know what I'm focused on? This church. Fulfilling what God has called me to do. So I just can't go anywhere, and I can't do anything that I used to do because I'm just focused. No offense to anyone else, and I'm serious about that. I spend most of my time with these people right here. You know why? Because I'm focused on them. I can't accept invitations to do everything that I used to. Why? Because I'm focused. And I'm, I'm looking for a prize. I'm looking for a calling. And I'm not going to apologize to anyone about it because I'm going to see God's will be done in my life. And in this church. And in their life. And in my future. And I'll be as focused as it takes to see it come to pass. Well, good for you, Pastor. You need to be that way. No, you need to be that way too. You're just as cold. You're just as anointed. You're just as gifted. You're just not focused enough to move forward. And if God's call is that important, you will do whatever it takes to see it come to pass in your life. I'm just too focused for nonsense at this time in my life. I'm too focused to just do anything. And you need to have that same mentality. I'm focused. Why? Because I can only move forward if I'm focused. Are you getting something today? I told you not to make me raise my voice. I'm trying to hold it in, guys. Let's go to the next thing. Philippians 3 and verse 13. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Notice this, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. If you want to move forward in faith, you're going to have to forget the past. Well, one amen and a couple grunts. God bless. You're going to have to forget the past. Pastor Nancy said this. Your past is worthy of one thing, forgetting. It's interesting to note if you look in the original language, that means completely forget. In the Greek language, it doesn't just mean forget. It actually says completely forget. If we're going to move forward in faith, we have to forget the past. Notice this. Not just the bad things, but even the good things that are hindering us from what God wants to do today. And it's awesome to be thankful and to testify and to look back on your life. He's not saying you can't do that, but he's saying don't live there anymore. In the good or the bad of yesterday because it will keep you stuck for the rest of your life you got to forget the past. Now, 
It means in this passage to forget the good and the bad of what happened and move forward with what God has called you to do. Now, here's the problem I see, especially in the church world. And I'm going to talk to the church world first. Us that have been in church a while, you've grown up in church, or you've experienced church. If you always talk about what God did and not what God is doing, you're not moving forward in faith. Now, I've been in church 34 years and nine months. And the thing that makes me grieved as a pastor is I hear people, they're good people, they love God. All of their testimonies are from 30 years ago and 15 years ago and 10 years ago. And I want to say, that's great, but what is God doing today? What did God do last month or last year? You're living off something that happened in the past. And if you're living in the past, you're not moving forward. So I appreciate you telling me about what God did, but what is God doing today? And I want to encourage you, church family, ask yourself that same question. Because if I can't give an answer, I'm living in the past. I have not forgotten the past. Forgetting the past is not just about the bad stuff and the sinful stuff that happened. It's forgetting about the good stuff that's holding you back. And you're living in yesteryears saying that was the good old days. Instead of believing that God is doing the good old days right here and right now. So are you talking about what God did or what God is doing? The thing is, even my dad, when he talks about 95, 96, 97, 98, he's not bringing it up so we dwell there. Or say, let's go back there. He's saying it to say, if God did it then, how much more will God do now? But some of y'all are still living in 95, 96, 97, 98, saying that was the glory years of Church on the Rock. 2003, God did something great in my life. It's 2021, y'all. If you cannot tell me what God is doing today, you're still living in your past. Here's another thing why he said to forget the past. Because if we don't think about this right, the way that God did it once in our life, is the way we think he's going to keep doing it. And then we'll miss what God is doing right now. If you stay in what God did, you will miss what God is doing. Now, I got problems, but this is not one of my problems. You know that as your pastor. I'm always ready for something new. Throw the plants out, right? Paint a wall. Change the music. Do something different. God's always doing something different. He's always doing something new. Don't change the word, but change the way we do things. Don't change the message, but change the methods. I'm always for that. But some of you need to get a reality check. That if you stay in what God did, 
Five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, you will miss what God is doing today. Let me give you a good verse for that. Isaiah 43, verse 18. Notice what Isaiah said. But forget about all that. It's nothing, I love this, compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a path through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Let's go back to verse 18. Notice what Isaiah said. He said the same thing Paul said. What do you got to do if you want that new thing? Forget all about it. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. This is God talking to his people. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? Now, why don't we see it? Because we're living in what God did and not what God wants to do. You need to have the attitude, God, if it's new and it's for me, I want it. I don't care who it takes me to or who it takes me from. I'm all in. I don't care what denomination it's coming from. I don't care what the color of the person is. I don't care what the gender of the person is. God, if you're moving, I'm open to it, and I'll receive it. If there's something new going on in our church, I want to be a part of it. I don't have to understand it up here. I can understand it right here, and I'm not going to stay in what God did. I'm going to move with what God is doing. But notice he said, to get that, you got to forget about the past. Because I want to do something new. God wants to do something new in your life. But notice you have to do something first. You've got to let it go of the past. So you can move forward. you got to let go of the past. The good and the bad. What about the bad stuff? It's easy for me to let go of the good stuff. Not so easy for me to let go of the bad stuff. I'm saying stuff that I've done and stuff that other people's done to me. But you have to get past your past or it will never let you live. But it takes faith to move forward. It takes faith to forget the past. It takes faith to let go and to move on with what God has called us to do. Now, let me give you a visual of this. Can I get Anthony right here? Let me get Brother Joe right here. Thank you. I did this at camp. Stay over there. Right there. Thank you, sir. So, how many of you know that Paul said you got to forget the past, good and bad, if you want to move forward? This is my past. But this is the future that God has for me. It's real simple. And between here and here is moving forward. And it takes faith to go from here to here. Because this is my comfort zone. I've lived here a long time. I've thought this way a long time. I've felt this way a long time. So it feels more comfortable for me to stay in my past. 
But God says, if you don't forget the past and let go of it, you can never reach the future I have for you. So now stand there and, and, and be sturdy and strong like you are, Anthony. Just real practically, if that's my future, I can't reach it. I can't reach my future until I do something right here. What do I have to do right here? I have to let go of Anthony, right, my past. And it takes faith to let him go so I can reach my future. Now, I know it's a real simple example, but most of us are still here. God, I want your future. He goes, okay, let go of your past, and you can have your future all you want. Let go of those feelings, and you can have your future. Let go of that relationship, and you can have that future. Let go of that mindset, and you can have your future. Let go of the past, but you've got to let it go if you want the future that God has for me. I'm not saying it's easy, but it takes faith to go from here to here. But here's the thing I love about this. You ready? What is the reason I would let go of the past and get my future? Why why would I want to do that? Because God said in his word in Isaiah, what I have for you in your future is so much better than what you let go of. And when you realize that and have the mentality of that, of whatever I leave in the past for God, he has so much better in my future, it's an easy thing to let it go and to move on with what God has for me. He's not telling you to let go so it will be more of the same. He's telling you to let it go because what he wants to do is far greater than anything in your past. You could have had a great past, But it's over. It's over. You can't go back. Can't press rewind. God goes from glory to glory and from faith to faith. He only tells you to let it go. Why? Because he wants to give you something better. You guys can be seated. Thank you. But what does this say? Isaiah 43, 18. Forget all of it. Why? It's nothing Compared to what I'm going to do. Isn't that good? It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. We let go of the past because what God has for us in the future is so much better. But you got to believe that or you won't let it go. He has that for every one of us in here. I don't care how old you are how long you've walked with God, God still has greater things for you in the future. But we have to let go of the past. It takes faith to do that and reach forward and take our future. The last thing I want to talk about this morning is we're going to have to take a step if we want to move forward. We're going to have to take a step. Now, the thing is, your Bible says this from Genesis to Revelation. There is heroes of faith. And these heroes of faith always got put into a situation where there had been something that happened. 
Could have been a tragedy, a relationship, a death, depression, loss, trauma. And they were at a crossroads on what they were going to do next. Kind of relatable to where we all live. And every single time in your Bible, God wanted to do something in their life, but he would always give them an instruction first. Let's just say for David, for instance, when David, it says that he lost all the women and children and they burned down the city where David was when they were away at war and he came back and they were crying. David felt defeated. He felt alone. He was grieving. And something happened in this story. God said, it's okay, I'm just going to take care of it. You just sit here, David. That's what we want, right? God said, get up, David. Go pursue them, overtake and recover all. I was thinking about Elijah, depressed and in a cave. God didn't say, just stand here, Elijah. I know what you feel like. It's okay, just stay in the cave. No, he said, get out of the cave. I love you, but the way I'm going to heal you is you got to start moving first. I know you want victory, but you got to start moving first. He told Abraham, don't stay here. Go to a place that you don't know yet. You can't stay here. He gave him an instruction, and he told him to move forward before anything changed. And it's the same way for us. If we want to move forward by faith, we're going to have to take a step. He gave every great hero the faith instructions. Samuel, when he lost Saul, and Saul was rejected, he said, why are you going to keep grieving Saul? Go anoint David. He gave him an instruction. And there's a passage I'm going to read to you in a second. It's about the children of Israel. They came out of the promise, or they came out of Egypt on their way to the promised land. And they came to a place that they were stuck. Anyone ever been there in life? I don't want the church answer. I want the real answer. I've been there multiple times where they came to a place on the way to the promised land. And I'll preach. There was a Red Sea in the way between them and the promised land. (laughs) And behind them was the Egyptians chasing them to kill them. So they couldn't go back. They couldn't go to the sides. And in the natural, they couldn't even go forward because there was a sea in front of them. But I love what God says here in his word, Exodus 14. So talking about faith moves forward. Exodus 14, 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again, no more forever. 
And the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, listen to what he says. Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Everybody say forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. I love this story because they came up to an impossible place. And God said, why are you crying to me? Why are you crying to me? Because he told them to go to the promised land. And if they weren't in the promised land yet, what's the answer? You still got to move forward to get to where I've called you to be. And there's more for you, but you got to move forward to get to where you need to be. And I love this story so much because God told his people, why do you cry to me? Move forward. We're talking about faith moves forward today, right? Nothing changed in their life until they move forward. But what do we want? We want things to change, then we'll move forward. But that's not faith. Faith moves forward, and then something changes. Faith believes God, and then something changes. Faith takes a step, and then something changes. Faith comes to church when you don't feel like it, and then something changes. Faith worships God when you're depressed, and then something changes. Faith reads your Bible when you have no joy, and then the joy comes, and then something changes. Because you got to move first for God to move in your life. And if we're going to move forward in faith, we not only have to focus and forget the past, we got to take a step and move forward. i got a few more things to say, but could we get the worship team to come up here for a second? And I'd like you to do that song, Miracle. Let's bring up this verse again in Exodus. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will you'll never see again, no more forever. And the Lord will fight for you. Come on, isn't that encouraging this morning? You're not alone. You're not by yourself. And you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. I love that. We got to take a step of faith. It says nothing changed until they moved forward. Nothing moved until they moved forward. So what happens here is he gave this command, why do you cry to me, move forward and it's the same way in your life because there was an impossible situation in front of them the red sea but nothing changed until they stepped into the sea but when they stepped into the sea things started to change when they put their foot in the water the water started to part now we want the water to part before we start stepping that's not faith <laughs> 
Faith moves forward and says, I'm going to start stepping, and then the water will start moving. I love that. I love that. And so it took faith for Moses to step out. It took faith for all the people to step out. But the promise is this. If you step out, I'll make it dry ground. And if you step out, I'll make this dry ground. And if you step out, I'll make this dry ground. But you got to move forward if you want dry ground. You got to move forward if you want a miracle. Come on now. You got to move forward if you want a healing. You got to move forward if you want deliverance. You got to move forward if you want a sound mind. Because when you step out, I'll make that place that was wet and impossible and, and you couldn't get past it. I will make the waters part. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. But you got to start stepping if you want me to move. You got to step first. You got to step first. God's not asking you to take all the steps right now. He's just taking telling you to take this step. I don't know this for a fact, but I could see that you know what maybe the waters didn't all part and then they walked. Maybe they parted as they walked. And every step, step that they took, every, every action that they took, every movement that they took, the water just opened up, opened up, opened up. And the more they kept stepping, the more God kept moving. Faith moves forward, people. Faith moves forward, church family. We want God to move. We want God to, to give us miracles. But God says, move forward. Move forward. Move forward. It's not always easy, but you got to move forward. But I love the promise. If you move forward, I'll make it dry ground. If you move forward, I'll make it dry ground. If you move forward, I will make it dry ground. And the more you keep stepping, the more I keep moving. We want a miracle, but God wants us to move. We need to keep moving and moving and moving. And the more you move, see the goodness of God in your life. I know some of you have seen this. You've seen this in your life. You've walked with God a long time. You've come to places like this before. And you stepped here before, and God did it last time. And God did it the time before. And you were up against an impossible situation before, and you stepped out. You've seen God do this. And he's not going to stop. If we take a step, God will give us the way of salvation. If we move, God will make miracles for us. But we got to take a step first. Can we stand up today? Did you guys get something this morning? Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.